Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, We've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm John. I'm Max. Yes, with us for this Nerdy Show microsode, we have Max Acree, a figure who's been in and around the Nerdy Show community for a very long time as an avid listener of our programming, but most recently has been part of the production of Lightning Dogs, our would-be animated series, which you can find out more about at lightningdogs.com. But today, we're going to be talking about a listener-requested topic, and that topic is augmented reality, a subject we've been bringing up for basically the entire existence of Nerdy Show beginning in 2009. In fact, if I recall correctly, augmented reality was among our top 20 nerdy things of the year in 2009, which was pretty short-sighted of us because it hadn't been anywhere or done anything at that point. Yeah, I guess those were rather premature. So this request comes to us from Starf who says, a particular nerdy fascination of mine has always been the concept of augmented reality. It's been gaining a lot of steam in recent years. I'd love to hear a microsode with your take on augmented reality. The state it's in now, where you think it might be headed, where you wish it might be headed, anything and everything like that. Cool. I'm here because um, in my day job, I'm a, a game developer and I have a lot of experience with a lot of the current hardware. Some of it I can't talk about, but some of it I can. So I suppose we should begin with what is augmented reality? In theory, you might know already, but just we'll do the quick version. That is any overlay of the digital realm on the physical realm. I mean, is that a fair approximation? And that could be any uh, any of your senses as well. Uh, most people yeah. think of it just as vision, but of course, audio, theoretically even smell. I'd really like to see <laughs> digital that. Smells? <laughs> digital smells? Digital smells. Remember when when the Vive put out that smell thing? Was that was that even real? For like, wasn't that supposed to be for like the South Park thing where they had like a smell mask you put on? You know, I thought it actually was real, but it only does one note, which is horrible. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Oh yeah, that was all the rage for for like a minute. I'd like to point out, I've just pulled it up. Our 2009 top 20 nerdy things list: augmented reality is number 11 out of 20. Just above it is uh, water discovered on the moon. Uh huh. That must have been the first year. Yes, this was the first year. The first top 20 nerdy things. And number 12, Dark Rain, which was a, a Marvel event that um, oh, wow. 
Wow. Actually, I'm, at this point, I'm kind of hard-pressed to even tell you what it was about, <laughs> but it happened. Well, it, it spawned Puzzle Quest, and that ultimately uh, moved past Dark Rain, but it's still going strong, so that's got to be some kind of mobile game record. Wow, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> so in addition to augmented reality, the new kind of term of the moment is, is mixed reality. Google Glass gave augmented reality a bad name in a lot of the public sector. And to me, I don't even consider it to be augmented. Like, it's so low on the tier. I mean, I literally do not consider it to be augmented reality. It was like just a like a heads-up display, basically. I mean, it was, you know, there's no pass-through. It was like if you held your phone out and just looked at it at all. Yeah. I, I actually don't even know what it did, but I do think it had the slickest form factor of any of the ones I've seen. Just garbage. Such garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm bought in dogmen reality. John, are you in or are you out? I want to be in. As, I mean, as far as I know, John's been all in since 2009. John was championing the whole concept of it. Which, to be fair, it's actually really weird. I don't remember when I first found out about augmented reality because it was so far back now. I just could not even tell you. I remember you telling me about it because we talked about it in an early episode of Nerdy Show. And for that to have happened, it had to have been 2009. There you go. Or earlier. In my opinion, you're going to start seeing a like a like a 16-bit era console war coming up, and it's going to hinge heavily on field of view, and it's going to hinge heavily on just how cool does this thing look on my face? Because right now, both of those things are really a limiting factor to widespread adoption. I think spend a lot of time with the Hololens. I don't know how many of you guys out there have seen a Hololens, but it makes you look like Kid Vid from the Burger King Kids Club. Ooh, and. Uh, which, you know, is a desirable aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> While that may have a certain appeal in certain sectors, it's, uh, you know, it's not the coolest thing to, to walk around with. But it is like a real device that is real. And I have one sitting on my desk at work. So it's like it's got that going for it. So you're talking about the Microsoft HoloLens. Were they championing the term mixed reality? That was them, right? That's right. Yeah, the because their thing is actually really cool. When they first launched that thing, you know, like we were all seeing those videos from E3 or CES or wherever it came out and everyone's like, no way, this is a real product. And like, you can order one right now. And like, it was such a stealth launch of this stuff that like had kind of gelled from everything we were seeing Microsoft doing over the years that didn't seem like good ideas at the time. And then suddenly HoloLens was real. And I was like, oh, all these disparate technologies that were horrible for the applications they were given are now amazing in this one device, you know? Because you're looking at Connect, right? And all its cool depth sensing and all the things it's doing. And everyone's like, I mean, this is neat, but it's not for me to play games with. And then you were seeing like Windows 8 and how they were unifying that across all their devices from mobile to console to, to PC. And you're like, huh, what's the, what's the end game here? And then like, you know, they bought Nokia and then went and made the Windows phone. And like, you know, they were doing all this stuff trying to really unify all their technologies around. And then suddenly HoloLens comes out and it's got like this real good working depth sensing. It's got this real cool, slick display. It's got the same OS on it that the phones have. And in this application, I feel like that's kind of a letdown because one of the key usability problems I, I find it has is the actual OS itself. Like it opens up, the first thing you do is log into it, just like you would a phone or a computer, you know, like username, password. And since it doesn't have eye tracking, you have to like wave your head around and put a reticle on a phone style keyboard as you type in your things by doing like a red rum gesture from, you know, like from the shining, <laughs> like you put your hand out in front of your face and point your finger. This is an example of a bad user interface. Oh, it's the pits. And like, it's so easy to mistype. And the best thing, John, are you ready for this? When you do it, the password is still obscured as if you were on a phone. No one else can see what you're seeing. Like that is the point of the thing. <laughs> yeah, it, like it is strapped to your face. Literally no one else can see what you're seeing. It's still obscured from you. And so it's like, hmm, maybe we can turn that off. You know, like, so I think there's some growing pains left to do. It's got a 30 degree field of view, which without seeing one, 
is kind of a, a difficult concept to grasp. But imagine if you took like an old school cassette tape and held it at arm's length in front of your face. That's what you're seeing. So all these videos you see of like these really immersive things that are in the world are being shot through the HoloLens in such a way that you don't perceive that field of view, but it is very apparent when you're actually wearing one. However, things that you're seeing look good. So, I mean, I know it sounds a little bit like a downer to describe it in those terms, but I actually really like it. It's very comfortable to wear for extended periods of time. It doesn't have the screen door problem that you have on like a Vive or something. However, it does have its own kind of weirdnesses because the way it projects on like a little screen in front of your face it actually gets like an old school multicolored hologram effect going on where you remember like an old style, like Lisa Frank hologram where you have the ramp shade where it would go yeah. like silver, like with the rainbow rific kind of pattern to it. Everything you look at. It's got the gr- the green, the red and the blue, right? Those are the, the primary colors of what silvery hologram, but with a green, red, blue accent that kind of makes a pink. That's purple. right. Just like that. And yeah. so the, at its most crisp, it still is doing that a little bit, which is, you know, you could probably lean into that and make it a gimmick, but I don't know if you want to. Um, it's probably just an artifact of the tech. That's why I say like form factor and field of view in my mind are going to be the big like war on these things. And you're already seeing it, right? Where people are coming out advertising 90 or 120 degree fields of view. And, and of course, those devices never materialize. So it's one of those things where it's like, once you get there, I think you've got a pretty sweet thing. But some other competing technologies that I, I know people who have worked on are where you have something like a Vive, where you've got a full face HMD, a head mounted display. And then you have pass-through cameras on the outside of it, like basically webcams on the outside where your eyes would belong on the outside of this this face thing. So you kind of look like a dude from Counter-Strike, right? Where you're wearing like an infrared thing. But it gives you the same capability of like seeing the real world in front of your face. But you can also then control that whole image. So it lacks the limitation of field of view because obviously it's got a full face field of view on it. So it's different. It's a more cumbersome device because obviously there's more to it and it sticks way out in front of your face. But I don't see that thing until it also gets very small being something that enhances your daily life, right? Like if you put on a Vive or, or a Rift, it replaces your world with that thing. And, and you're kind of, at, right now at least, uh, tethered to your machine. Whereas like an augmented reality, mixed reality system, you can enhance your whole life with that. You could walk around with that on all day and it would just like put pop-up ads over John's face or it would like wow. tell you more information about this. Or if I wanted to know how to like, repair my car. Like I could theoretically project the repair manual over the top of the engine with breakaway blueprints or, or whatever you want to do. And like, the Marines actually did test that out like years and years and years ago. And it, it did actually mm-hmm. speed them up pretty fast. Oh, totally. I've seen that demo. Like I, I was at ITSEC recently and they had that set up where they had like a, a, like a jet turbine engine on a stand as like you would if you were repairing it. And then they had a virtual one that you could walk around and pull pieces off of it and see what was supposed to be underneath and all that. The idea was that you would use it to repair the parts or whatever, and you wouldn't have to have like a big cumbersome repair manual or even go over to a standalone PC to look things up like you would. I have a lot of hope for it. I mean, what's out right now is clearly like a half-gen device at best, but like we're being told the next HoloLens is going to have a dedicated chip for Cortana. Like, oh, it has Cortana on it, by the way, just like straight up from Halo, you can talk to it and it, it works pretty well. Is it a better Cortana than what's on my Xbox One? Because she's not particularly responsive. I never mess with that feature on Xbox One because when I first got mine, it never worked right, that feature. But um, yeah, it works a lot better than that. You can talk to it and like it types for you and does everything. There's a lot of really cool demo apps on there. There's like a solar system one that's pretty awesome. And there's one that I think is really neat where it like will populate your space with a game where you have to like find hidden things and stuff. And it basically puts you into like an escape room essentially where there's like clues that it like knows where they are. And, you know, when you look under the desk, it's there. But when you're above the desk, it's not and stuff like that. Well, okay, that's a that sounds very complicated. Let's talk about what you have actually done with the HoloLens because Max, you're the only person I know who's actually used a thing. 
Um, oh sure. I don't even know where one would go to. I guess maybe the Microsoft store, but I don't. I don't <laughs> even know if you can get one there because we had to like apply to get one as a dev kit, and we can never resell it, and it was prohibitively expensive. But it came in like a real box with like you know it looked as slick as anything you could buy over the counter anywhere, and like huh. it was really cool. So you were talking about uh, it having such a degree of spatial awareness, it could hide something under a table. Oh yeah, totally. And you know, tactfully, how the fuck does it do that? So when you put the thing on your face, it like has depth sensing and does like connect stuff and, and you can walk around and turn on room meshing and you can see it building a wireframe over everything in the room as you walk around and look at stuff. You can kind of just see it triangulating all the wall geometry like as like a wireframe thing and uh, it, it looks like you're, you know, on the grid, right? And it builds a, like a map of what's in the room and what's in the space. It knows like what's a wall, what's a floor, you know, what's a ceiling. You can place 3D content in the room you're in. And then you can like do phone stuff like pinch zooming and point and click. There's like a little like 3D content builder where you can place props all on this little island and do all kinds of stuff like that. A lot of like, you know, tech demo widgets and stuff. One of them is like a really rad solar system model that I believe is like everything we know about the universe that you can like zoom all the way down into the center of the earth or zoom all the way out into the farthest reaches of space that we've seen. I kind of saw and, them um, demo that actually to show the processing power of the Xbox One when they were unveiling that at E3. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I think it's a demo that's been around for a while that they have got working on, you know, on as many things as they can get it working on. It's, it's pretty neat. And it all shows really well. I mean, everything that they've made is very slick. If you're the kind of person who can see past the limited field of view and, and all that, like there's promise in the technology. I think it's really cool. I, I prefer it to VR because like I'm, I'm really prone to VR sickness. So like immediately if you put me in a full face VR, I get ill and, and I don't have that experience with mixed reality at all. Like in any of the ones I've tried, it, it's very comfortable. That, that's a pretty big proving ground, actually, because, I mean, you know, a significant part of the opposition to um, 3D and its many attempts at becoming more commonplace than it is, is has been simply that is not a biologically viable effect. You know, it's funny, though, because, like, I, I think mixed reality will suffer the same problem that virtual reality suffers in that you must be shown what the matrix is, right? Like, you, you can't just have it explained to you and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Let me let me drop down all this money. Like, you have to go try it out for yourself, right? And if I have one, and I want you guys all to come over and watch the BattleBots Robot Championship, if I get a new big screen TV, we can all just come over and do that, right? But if I get a VR thing or, or a mixed reality thing, we all got to take turns putting it on our heads and like waving around like loons. And you know what I mean? Like it really suffers from an organic adoption problem. And I don't know that there's a way around it. It just, it's tough. You know, you watch everybody else doing it. They look foolish. It's like karaoke, right? You have a certain number of people who want to do that and like doing it. And you have yeah. a bunch of other people who are like, oh, I got to have a couple of drinks, you know? And then there's other people who are like, not for me. And, and it's a shame because it, it can enhance anything. And so I think where we're seeing it more now is industry, I think, maybe more than you would expect um, compared to commercial adoption, which... Uh, is maybe not surprising when you think about what it's good for and what it's easy to do with. The games can really, it's hard for them to be much more than novelty, whether it's uh, Sphero doing the, I mean, Sphero, Sphero did some really cool AR stuff before BB-8 happened. And they probably still are doing it where they use the light inside of this general Sphero unit for tracking to have virtual pals that you play games with and so on. And it's it's neat effects, but it's hard for it to be more than a gimmick of some kind because you're always, you know, you always have to deal with the portal of your phone so immersion mm -hmm. becomes a challenge and well, so on with, so a, forth. with a headset though uh, you know imagine if you get the if you get the form factor down to the point where it's like a clunky set of glasses as opposed to an operation you've got to put on your face you, you know what i mean you could like be playing a board game and like your pieces could come alive i mean imagine the dejarit game from star wars as a as a very you know ubiquitously seen example like we don't have to <laughs> imagine really do we because that product's i haven't played it yet but that, yeah, that product exists now yeah so i mean it's such a it's such an easy thing to point a finger at and say we can do that now
But like, you know, imagine you're playing D&D or you're playing like any fancy board game and, and it just sort of comes alive with how you turn over things and they don't even need necessarily QR markers anymore like they used to. But, you know, like just that idea of like you can enhance any product with this virtual content. And, you know, once they get a certain level of ubiquitous adoption, I think you're going to start seeing a ton of that type of content coming out. It's the holograms of our generation. You know what I mean? Like the, the sticker-based holograms we used to see when we were all kids on every toy. <laughs> you know, now you're going to see that stuff where it's going to be like a full-on Yu-Gi-Oh game where it's playing out in front of your face or something, you know, even just as a low-hanging fruit example. Like I'm sure as it starts to become more adopted, you'll see even more novel uses for it. Wait, so Max, are you saying... Are you saying that Hasbro is going to rebrand Visionaries as an augmented reality toy property? I pitch that to my cousin all the time. I wish they would. I, I got a cousin at Hasbro that uh, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, man, it's time for that to happen. So, uh, you know, maybe I, I have no inside knowledge of that, but uh, <laughs> I think that would be pretty dope. Now, I mean, Google Glass came and went. It was a specialty thing. It caused a lot of hubbub, but still only a chosen few with the deep wallets got mm -hmm. a hold of it and in, you know it kind of became this weird sort of laughing stock no, very few people i know have ever had any hands on with the damn thing and then hololens is equally exclusive where does that put us that it makes me feel like the next time that we see these in earnest that's going to be another surprise release and it's going to have shrunk exponentially i have a feeling that whatever they put out next is going to shock people as much as the first one i have no inside knowledge of the next one but i have a suspicion that based on the way they've been developing and what i've been seeing leaked about it like they're giving it a dedicated chip for its ai for instance right like they didn't have to do that what that thing is going to even be for i'm not super sure because beyond search and, and whatever but it's going to be something that's going to be like miles ahead of what this one is but for me, I'll tell you, iOS now has AR kit built into it. Android now has AR kit built into it. And I think there's like a whole space already on the iTunes store for apps that are making use of that stuff. So as with everything, if you can get augmented reality on something we all already have, a la Pokemon Go, like we've all got a cell phone. And I'll tell you, I, I, if Nintendo had put out a Nintendo phone, I, I would have considered it over an iPhone, but I wasn't going to buy a Switch and carry around a second portable device, which I think is the situation here. Like, why would I get a set of glasses that's effectively a phone for my face and also a phone? So until you can unify your devices into one thing, once that magical day happens, then I think then you've got an adoption situation where you're just going to get this thing anyway. What's interesting to me is that throughout this entire decade, 2009 to, you know, to next year, we've seen so much happen in the world of augmented reality. On the sly, some of it even. Like, did you even know that everybody's new phones have ARKit built in? I did, but only because I hang out with John. <laughs> right. I mean, I bet you most people don't even realize it, you know? And it's like Pokemon Go came out and it's kind of like, oh, this is neat with what we can do now on everybody's phone now. But once you build in more features like that and like computer vision is getting smarter every day and like deep learning systems are getting smarter every day, a lot of those systems now, like that AR kit, doesn't even use depth sensing or anything. It just looks at your picture and computer vision's what's there. And, and Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And tries to intuit what is a wall or not the way you or I would with our eyes. And like it's working about as well as. It could, and I'm sure that'll continue to get better. Like, so there's all kinds of converging technologies that are making this stuff, I think, really exciting uh, on the horizon if, if you're the kind of person who gets excited about converging technology. <laughs> Isn't it just sort of weird, though, that at this moment in time when augmented reality would actually start properly coming out in mass, we'd wind up with AI sort of growing up at that exact same time, starting to have actual direct, obvious interactions with normal, regular human beings. That's just weird. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a, the whole thing's a big can of worms. Because as this develops, so too is AI developing. So too are a number of other technologies like smart homes. So it puts us in an interesting place where you look at the potentiality of augmented reality and it just becomes a ubiquitous part of the ever-evolving cyberpunk utopia and or dystopia, depending on how the dice gets thrown and maybe even depending on your country or economic status. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, so many decisions could influence how that panned out. But we would probably be seeing something to the effect of like a visual assistant via the augmented reality glasses that was, of course, piped into all of your data and was basically paying attention to everything you were doing, right? Like could connect into your house, could connect into your car, might even assist you at work, depending. Maybe you had a separate one there. Who knows? Like it presents a lot of weird stuff. Well, Microsoft has like a tethered kind of mixed reality headset that you put under your computer like a peripheral and it, it enhances your local PC experience somehow. It, huh. It's not, it's like a half step to HoloLens that they put out. But I mean, ultimately, it's just another vibe though, as far as, as I actually started looking into it because I was like, what the hell is this actually? The only thing that makes it not a Vive is it, it plugs in a Steam VR, so you have all access to, you know, the Steam library, basically. Is, um, there's, like, some sort of weird Microsoft Home thing, which I don't remember what the technical name, but most people just refer to it as, like, the Cliff House or something. Um, mm, and so, mm -hmm. you know, you can pop your desktop up in there and that kind of crap. But so it's, it's a virtual same old, same workspace old. or something? Yeah, but, like, the thing is, is, like, Steam did that themselves with, like, their home beta. Is it a return to Microsoft Bob? <laughs> Maybe. What, what's, what's that? What's Microsoft oh. Bob? Oh, you need to Google Microsoft Bob immediately. It's going to change your life. It's like a like an early attempt, like a Windows 3.5 era, maybe. Uh, I don't oh, know. oh, God. It's what? pretty old, but it was like an attempt to kind of like put a, a comforting spin on the digital space. So like if you wanted to view your account, it was like a like a really cartoony picture of a living room. That is heinous. And uh, if you wanted to like see your calendar, there was a calendar on the wall and you clicked it and it gave you like all the calendar info. This is horrible. This is like the most 90s oh, yeah. fucking virtual desktop concept. And it's got that stupid fucking helper dog. Yeah, man. And I actually saw a uh, hospital interface like within the last couple of weeks that was actually basically like this, but for hospitals. That's amazing. What, what was the context of that? It was how you ordered your food. What? I know. I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I forget the word they use for that when you uh, try to make something look like a real thing and it's not. Horrible. Also, Apple hates it now after they were doing a lot of it. Yeah. That was Apple that did that? Apple was doing uh, the whole like your notebook has to have yellow lined paper on it even though it's on your phone. Huh. Uh, skeuomorphism? I'm shocked. What's, I remember what's that. What's skeuomorphism? It's like if I put a button on the on my computer screen, it needs to look like a physical button you could push. Like it's the idea that if I put a binary slider, like an on-off switch, it would look like a light switch on the wall. 
kind of thing. The idea is that everything that's like this virtual construct looks like something physical and real in the real world. It fell out of fashion real hard, like around 2012, I think. The distant past. I'm seeing so many weird variations of Bob, I can't even wrap my head around. I need to read an article. I'm seeing, I'm seeing one that looks like a chic modern kitchen with a window view looking out to the skyline. This is an apartment on like maybe like the 50-somethingth floor. And instead of the dog, there's a turtle wearing a hiking outfit. And it appears to be a lady. I think there's like a pretty lengthy like exploration of it that I saw one time. I'll see if I can find it. Like there's like a one of those really long histories of Microsoft Bob and its implications and everything. And like it's the long shadow it has cast or not kind of thing. If I can dig that up, I'll slide it to you. I do feel like that's a pretty apt uh, metaphor for everything it's doing right now. We are basically seeing like, oh, make this virtual space. And of course, I think what's going to ultimately come down is there's no point. It doesn't really add anything to the experience. It's not going to make your Excel sheets fill in themselves. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well circling back to augmented reality i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> we've sort of touched on what starf was talking about in terms of looking to the future and we think it's going to get smaller and and clearly companies are invested in it persisting and options for contact lens interfaces those are already being developed right now i wonder how well that will work I, i'm i'm weary that we'll get ar contact lenses before we get a straight up surgical implant Honestly, it is really kind of a question of like which tech would actually shake out first. Well, I mean, I've heard that there's like digital retinas you can already put in people who've never had sight and they can see black and white. Well, and there was a a lens with LEDs in it, but I think it was an eight by eight grid. And I also feel like it required you to actually wear like uh, glasses over your eyes or something to kind of like induce current in it. So, yeah, I mean, at that point, you might as well just basically like cut your eyes out. Yeah, cybernetics is probably its own conversation. It definitely is. Neural laces. (laughs) If you had ubiquity, I guess we'll just assume that it was actually ubiquitous, that a lot of people are actually wearing them, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, phones can connect to all this IoT stuff, right? I mean, obviously, that would be a major thing. You have washing machines that you'd be able to pull up entire schematics of. You could basically save on control panel costs. You would just assume everybody had their phone. And because you're just wearing your glasses all the time, You just walk up to it and it just works. I feel like that's one of the major things with augmented reality is that you really have to actually sort of be always in the grid, I guess you could say. Yeah, I would say probably the other one is going to be ad space everywhere, all over the place. One of the uh, things that I like to use as an example is um, if you walked by like a Coca-Cola machine, you could literally have like some NPC essentially being like, hey, want to buy this soda? (laughs) (laughs) I hope they talk just like that. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> well, imagine too, like once you have that ubiquity, you're going to have your like Facebook profile and all the things you like kind of hovering around your head all the time so everyone can see it as you walk around, you know? Privacy options, please, somebody. Yeah. The ability to either erase or add to the world could mm-hmm. just cause so many problems. I mean, yeah, that goes back to like full-on ghosts in the shell, like, oh, you literally can't see me because I've hacked everybody in the entire area and I'm just able to run around. Nobody would even notice. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's definitely was a Ghost in the Shell episode at one point. <laughs> uh, in the top 20 nerdy things of 2016, there's an amazing short film that made it number 10 on our list, which was Hyper Reality, which shows oh, Lord. Yep. it's basically oh, yeah. an augmented reality dystopia. Yeah. I, it is hard to even analyze that film because you watch it and then you have to go through basically frame by frame because every single short camera angle is another entire concept that's taken to there extreme. are so many concepts in there and it's so layered and it's it's, it's a nightmare i mean like this is going to destroy your brain <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's going to be tough. I think you'll definitely see like a return to analog, you know, movement. If that occurred, I think that, yeah, yeah, no, you'd, you'd already be there by the time you got there, I guess you could say. I wouldn't even want augmented reality if it went that nuts. And that doesn't even get into sort of like the human element of dealing with all this. The virtual world will be... Colliding with ours. Yeah, actively. Over the course of decades. And in degrees that we can't even remotely anticipate. And that doesn't even include all the weird haptic shit that's being developed for virtual reality, which, of course, ultimately augmented and virtual reality will probably merge. Or augmented reality will be like the shore of an ocean. And you can, you know, you, you step out in varying degrees. You know, you're either in the seas of the VR landscape or you're hovering in the in-between of the shore of that ocean. And then maybe you decide to take it all off and you're on the land. Bored. Bored out of your mind. <laughs> no, no. We got uh, we got pogs and uh, jacks. Yep. Um, I'm really sure that like if, if technology was ever pushing people away, augmented reality literally caused them to go insane if they couldn't, you know, grok it. Like the amount. Did you just say grok it? Yeah. Grokking what, things. What does that mean? To understand. To comprehend. To grok. Yeah. Pretty sure it's an actual real thing. Seriously, though, look that up. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You are correct. Excellent. I, I, I win. I don't know the entomology of this. Oh, wait. A word coined by American writer Robert A. Heinlein for his 1961 science fiction novel, Stranger in a Strange Land. I had no idea. Have you ever heard of this book? No. Where no did idea. you pick this up from, John? I don't know. What was I even talking about? Grok and something. Right, right, right. Augmented reality. You know, I mean, like today, oh, we we spend too much time on the computer. We, we look at our phones and, you know, that we keep looking at our phones and literally we just stare at our phones more even when we're trying to like be in the real space. So augmented reality is like that times like a million. It's so much worse. It's so much more intense. I mean, you're literally talking about entire worlds. If you take off your glasses, you've left them. The amount of people taking their phones and turning them off and, like, leaving them somewhere or off in their pocket or whatever, that already feels, like, just weird. Like, you're disconnected. You aren't actively doing what you're normally doing. Though maybe you ain't going to leave your phone at the club anymore. Maybe your augmented reality will be able to direct you home so you won't get lost. Well, I mean, of course. I'm just saying, like, when people decide to disconnect, even today, they already have a lot of weird feelings about that. And with augmented reality, I mean... Your entire vision would basically be gone. Your, your hallucinations of multiple worlds simultaneously would just evaporate into nothing. And then you'd just be left alone by yourself. Or worse yet, with other human beings. Mm. Yeah, there's many applications that could improve your life and make your workflow like more dynamic and exciting and change perspective on things. But yeah, you think people have addictions now. It can get overwhelming, depending on if we really let this worst case scenario transpire well and you're also talking about a co-evolution here because by the time you actually had ubiquity and all these advanced headsets ai would also be more advanced than it is so the mm -hmm. npcs that you'd be interacting with that are you know not even real right would all be far more advanced and probably a lot more believable i mean we already have chatbots that people can't even tell half the time that they're actually you know just pieces of script yeah even like your headline writing clickbait bots and stuff you know and of course augmented reality would also um incentivize the development of sort of more of the general purpose AI, um, companion AIs, I guess you could say, something more like that. That means that by the time you really have ubiquitous augmented reality, you're also going to have AI NPCs actually becoming like a real legitimate kind of a, a force. Like, you know, you come into a room and there's this person staring at you in the eyes. 
asking you questions that it actually expects a response to real basically even if they aren't really truly 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 intelligent converging technologies man they're all coming together but you know selling you sodas there's the incentive i mean if you're gonna sell a soda out of it then they gotta pump all that money into it yeah and i mean you know another thing once being like if you had a chain like let's say mcdonald's and then you had you know augmented reality npcs trying to sell you stuff every single mcdonald's would know who you were and so then it would you know maybe be the exact personality that they know to, could persuade you to get that uh, super Oh, what's up, whatever. my man? It's so good to see you again. Yeah. Like, you want your usual? <laughs> Even though you're you I know, got a McClory with and, your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming. Augmented reality, if it persists as we're seeing it, seems like it's shaped up for a ubiquitous place in the dynamic of what the modern human experience is as much as the iPhone. Or the computer. But we don't know how it's going to get there yet what form it's going to take except that we know everyone's pumping enough money into it to virtually assure it's going to have a place at the table and i keep hearing threats of 2019 2020 for apple starting to try to get into the space and i don't know if i necessarily believe that well i mean the infrastructure is already there yeah exactly because they already have ar kit which means day one that they introduce that headset they already have bazillions of apps the real promise of augmented reality is having a unified canvas to paint the world with And that means other people that also are wearing, you know, glasses can then see it, obviously, with privacy. Like a shared operating platform. (laughs) Or more specifically, a shared mass hallucination. Sure. Like, (laughs) 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 yes, yes, exactly. Like the William Gibson Internet. Yes. Well, and that really winds up being the key, though. And it begs all these weird things. Like, we have lawsuits today over people leaving bad Yelp reviews on restaurants, but you know, if you were able to just arbitrarily edit the three-dimensional space of the world across all of these headsets, you know, you could just, like, drop a literal steaming pile of shit on top of a restaurant. It would technically be possible. And so, obviously, there's a lot of problems with that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and you might you might have an operating system where that's, let's just call it an operating system. I know that's not fully accurate, but, you know, an operating system where that might be difficult to do because that's the ubiquitous one that everyone uses unless it's been hacked. Or one that is like the basically the 4chan operating system where <laughs> where everything's yes, fucked, that. nothing's off limits, and, and, you know, all kinds of things have like digitally geocached messages and so on. And like it's a world of graffiti and griefing and who knows what else. Well, and that winds up being the very bizarre thing. And so you could actually imagine there being essentially uh, layers, no relation to the uh, augmented reality company that I think actually has that name. But, you know, literal layers of the universe over the real world right like so you could have a 4chan area where there are no rules and everything is completely broken and you would really really feel awkward if anybody could actually see through your eyes i guess you could say and see see what you saw and then you could of course have completely safe ones but another thing that winds up happening is is like if you truly had a universal global space like if apple just said we have a global space and here are the rules You could almost imagine like bizarre, weird ownership stuff where like there was common ground or sort of no man's lands, but then also like you owned the space within your house and on your property and a restaurant owned their space within the whatever and school districts had a different law about how things went. But Uh, someone could put a big, terrible billboard out on their front lawn. So every time you leave your house with your headset on, you got to see it. Or every time you look outside your window, unless you have virtual blinds drawn, you got to see it. Well, and depending on what the rules are, and the other question once being is whose server is it anyway? It, you could, and this is where things start getting weird. If you actually created a sort of a parallel to the World Wide Web, then the actual 
global position where you are would actually be in a specific server, i.e. if you went to school, you would maybe actually be occupying the school server. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things when I was watching Denicoil and really thinking about what was actually going on and what they were sort of explaining. Which is an anime? Yeah. And it's about augmented reality? Yes. Taken to an absolute absurd extreme. They literally had like an antivirus essentially chasing them down the street. And one of the ways that they'd get away from them was by basically going into a shrine, which was technically on another server that it was not allowed to go on to because it was private, essentially, or otherwise removed from them. <laughs> and when did Dinequil come out? Because it's, it's at this point like a long time ago, enough that the hypothetical accuracy of it is kind of staggering. Almost anything that happens in that show is actually technically possible. It's not you know, requiring some sort of bizarre fantasy or anything. It literally mostly all makes sense or would probably possibly be possible kind of a thing. I've just answered my own question. It came out in 2007. Really? Yeah. Wow. That is remarkable. Yeah, no, I mean, Denicoil covers like a lot of that kind of just crazy weird stuff. Augmented reality pets, of course. Kids roaming the streets, basically using the augmented reality maps. Uh, <laughs> it's really weird, though, because the entire thing centers around like them basically harvesting exploits and then essentially cashing those in for other exploit packages that allow them to do just nonsensical weird stuff. So, uh, Starf, hopefully that's satisfied. <laughs> this is like the millionth time we've talked about AR, but we certainly have never gone this in-depth into it. I could go all day. I keep going. <laughs> Three hours. Four hours, probably. <laughs> well, uh, you know you know who to, um, who to send money to if you want to hear John West... Uh, talked about three or four hours worth of augmented <laughs> reality easily done i guess <laughs> yeah no i could probably go all day anyhow if you dig this episode and like to hear us talk about more about science and technology than we already do that's cool by us great let's do it but we are going to need your support please join us at patreon.com slash nerdy show the entire nerdy show network and especially this show is listener supported we rely fully on you to stay alive so come on there for all kinds of bonus perks and special opportunities. And otherwise, you can rate and review us on iTunes. That's one clear way to send us a message. Or join us on the Nerdy Show Lounge, formerly a Patreon perk, now cracked wide open for anybody who cares to be on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, just search for Nerdy Show Lounge and join up with us. All the hosts are there talking with all you fine folks. Next week, we'll be back with a regularly scheduled Nerdy Show episode talking about the latest whatever the hell's happening in the nerd world. But for now... Max and John, it has been a pleasure hearing you guys nerd out so deep into SciTech. I think everybody's been kind of craving this. Lately, we haven't had nearly enough of it. Thanks, and we'll see you all soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.